0: This is episode 15 with professional communicator, Dwight Taylor Sr. Welcome to Fearless University, the podcast where we discuss, dissect, and examine some of life's greatest fears. My name is Coach Lane Lee, performance coach and fear psychology enthusiast, here to help you understand your greatest fears. Fear is my passion. Curiosity is my nature, and understanding is the gift I seek to share with all who will listen. Because if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. What's up everybody? Coach Lane here and welcome to another episode of Fearless You. Each episode, I feature a new guest who lends their special brand of wisdom and expertise to help me unlock the mysteries of fear. What we discuss is not an exact science, but in all things, we seek understanding because it's not about being void of fear, but understanding more to fear fear itself less. Before we jump into the episode, I want to thank you guys so much for spending some time with me today. Listen, this show is free and will always remain free because I have a passion to add value to the world. But the only thing that I could ever ask for in return is that you guys let me know what you're thinking. Take a screenshot of this episode on Spotify and share it to your IG stories. Tag me at Coach Lane. Let me know you're listening. Let me know what you think, your thoughts. If you have questions, give me feedback. I want to hear from you guys. If you're listening on Spotify, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or even YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to me in those locations and have your notifications turned on so you know exactly when a new episode drops. And this one's really important, you guys. If you're listening on iTunes, please take a moment to rate and review the show. By doing so, you're helping our placement and ranking in search results. Help me touch the lives of millions of people around the world, helping them to understand more and and in turn, fear less. Listen, I hope you guys are ready for a dynamic, passionate episode, because with this week's guest, you seriously have no choice but to be motivated. Dwight Taylor Sr. is more than a professional communicator. He is a vessel through which a greater purpose flows. I've known Dwight for almost 15 years, and he is the same person today that he was back then, except now he has 15 years of wisdom and experience to back up the passion that fuels his mission. Dwight is best known as the encouragement expert because of his genuine heart to help, serve, and encourage others to live their life to the fullest. He is a best-selling author, TED Talker, and award-winning professional communicator who has been seen and heard on Showtime, Fox, CBS, BET, ESPN, and Juice TV. He has been awarded the NBA Junior Coach of the Year Award as well as the Walmart Community Playmaker Award for his work with the youth as a basketball coach and educator. His first book, Dominate Your Day, came out in 2017 and was, and was endorsed by the godfather of greatness himself, Les Brown. His second book, Dominate Your Day Student Edition, came out in January of 2019 and immediately climbed to the number one bestseller spot on Amazon. In this episode... We talk about fear in the context of being able to dominate your day and how better understanding your fear and the why of your fear can empower you to embrace your greatness. We talk about how understanding your fear can help you make decisions and moves that help you to dominate every single day of your life. We talk about the importance of being comfortable with discomfort, a concept I have mentioned countless times on this podcast. And finally, we talk about how greatness is already within you. You just need the encouragement and confidence to embrace it and let it out. I hope you all are ready because this is a dynamic episode. Dwight's vulnerability and heart are two things that allow him to not only shine bright, but also incite dynamic change in the lives of everyone he comes in contact with. So without further ado, I present to you the one, the only, the great encourager, Dwight Taylor Sr. What's going on, you guys? Coach Lane here, Fearless University, and I am excited today because I got my longtime friend, Dwight Taylor Sr., in the house, well, not physically in the house, but in the hot seat talking with us today. Dwight, what's going on, brother?
1: What up, what up, my man?
0: Hey, man, it's so good having you here. Look, everybody knows I, I like to have like a little introduction of how I, I know my guests, so, uh, man... You and I, dude, we met almost almost 15 years ago when uh right. we were both young ambitious guys on different paths. I was uh an in, uh, an aspiring graphic designer, Dwight was a very talented MC by the name of Transparent, and I think our our paths crossed as we rolled in similar circles, we knew the same people, so it was only a matter of time before we linked up and Combined our talents, uh, I think first for branding transparent as an artist, right? Uh, yep, and yep. then later on for your album, uh, I think it was Life, uh, Living in Favor Every Day. And then I also did your your MySpace design for uh, for Life. And if you don't know what MySpace is, Google it. Because it's, <laughs> it's kind of a relic nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, right. but but after years of growth, experience shifts in our life missions and careers we've reconnected which has been truly phenomenal uh experience for me dwight because you you're a motivating force uh whether you know it or not in my life for my career as a performance coach and aspiring, uh aspiring life coach and and speaker so thank you for that wow. you know with with without you even really noticed you know knowing it up front but um yeah, yeah man i
1: appreciate that man
0: Ah, oh, i appreciate you man like i i, I was taking note of things you were doing over the years and and uh you know through the magic of facebook i was able to kind of live vicariously through your experiences but it definitely you know when i stepped into the role uh as full-time performance coach um it was just really cool and uh inspiring to see someone that i knew stepping up to a whole new level and performing at a higher level and and a a level that i i aspire to perform at as well so but you're you're killing the game you're doing a phenomenal job um yeah man so we're here today to talk about fear and dominating your day Dwight has two books out right now that are just killing it uh dominate your day and dominate your day student edition we're going to talk about those in a second here but I think I've gone on long enough I want to hear from you man like tell the people who are listening uh you know, give everybody a little introduction to who you are and uh, what you're all about.
1: Definitely, man. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on, my man. I I love what you're doing. Um, Excited about the journey that that you are on. Excited to see where you've come. So, man, I'm just excited to be here today. So in regards to who who I am, um, Dwight Taylor Sr., husband of one, father of three, oldest of eight, uh, mentor to many, and student success coach to more than I can count. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh, I'm from Richmond, California, now residing in Sacramento. Uh, a little bit about my history. My, my mother was 17, father was 18 when they had me. Unfortunately, they fumbled me early, but fortunately, they had great teammates and my grandparents and family members who stepped in and stepped up to take care of me mm. and just really give me all the things that I needed to be a successful young man and not be another statistic from Richmond, California. Right. Um, i Got married to my wife uh like like i said we got three three beautiful phenomenal amazing i put words together phenomenal amazing kids (laughs) and you know just excited about life uh i'm an author i'm a speaker i'm a student success coach consultant mentor cousin uncle friend i'm I'm anything that somebody needs me to be in in order for them to be the best thing that they were created to be so there's a lot of history in in who i am i'm an artist but um, anybody who wants to know that, you can just tap into me or, or tap in the lane and, and you know, we'll, we'll figure that piece out. But that's pretty much who I am. Man. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And and everything else that I do flows out of that.
0: And, and you're a great motivator. Like that. That is you, something. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's like, you know, I think people can see that without, you know, you having to feel like uh, it's it's uh, something that you need to maintain your humility, humility ab- about because it's just who you are. You're a great motivator and you encourage people naturally. It's always as long as I've known you you've it's it's just who you've been. And it's nice when you meet people who are the same yesterday as they are today. So it's it's you know it's nice that you it's it's just really refreshing that you are uh consistently you and uh th- I think that that is what has propelled your career uh to the level it's at and and I mean, you know, where it's going is just sky is not even the limit. It, it's the beginning. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. man. But let, let's talk about Dominate Your Day. Uh, yeah. You wrote the first Dominate Your Day back in 2017, right? Yeah. And released it on your 35th birthday, which must have been really cool. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Man,
1: it, it was crazy because I I always, like, my birthday is a big deal. Every single year, people always <laughs> ask, you know, Dwight, what are you doing for your birthday this year? My 30th birthday, I had a big uh, a big party and every, every year, you know, birthdays were extremely special to me since I was a little kid and nice. um, I wanted to do something big and I didn't know what to do. You know, I was thinking about it on my 33rd birthday. I was thinking about what am I going to do for 35? Am I going to have this big party and try to outdo uh Diddy's parties? Or oh snap. Gonna, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or am I going to go somewhere? Are we going to go out the country? Right. And over those two years, I knew that I was going to be writing uh, or working on writing a book. And my thing is, if I can, if if I want to do something that I need to set, not just goals, but I need to set a deadline. And so Mm. I knew that if I would just tell myself, hey, I want to write a book, I probably wouldn't have finished the book until maybe now or even three years from now. So I was like, you know what, by my 35th birthday, the day of my birthday, I want my book to be ready for the world to read. I really didn't know at the time what I was going to be writing about. I just knew that, you know, for my 35th, that would be a great thing for me uh, to do. And, and when it, and when it dropped on my birthday, it was one of the biggest accomplishments in my life, not just because I had written a book, but more importantly, uh, my aunt passed away in, in 2016. And she was a, She was the person in our family who we thought was going to be the author in our family. Like she was a writer. Uh, she wrote poetry. Um, she wrote stories. And so unfortunately, you know, she passed before she was able to ever write her first book or, or many books that we believed would have been written. Right. And so for me, it was one of those things where, you know, not only can I write a book for my 35th birthday, but it would also be, um, something that i can do in honor of her and so if you open the if you open the first couple pages of my my first book you see that i dedicated the book to my aunt angelique badger and so uh yeah it it was big for for many reasons it it was you know uh respect and honor and and a sign for her as well Mm -hmm. as just doing something great for my 35th birthday
0: that's beautiful because it's it's a honor to her legacy as well you know like if she couldn't write it herself she definitely instilled that passion in you and I'm sure your cousins and your siblings, you know. So that's, that's just awesome yeah. that you could honor her that way. That's amazing. Yeah, man. I, I know the book has been praised by a lot of people. Most notably, I saw Les Brown, who <laughs> to yeah. me, um, in my experience, is one of the most like learned and articulate individuals I've ever had the honor to hear speak. I've never seen him in person speak but i've listened to many of his uh his you know famous speeches i listened to him on the school of greatness um he i just remember when i when i first heard him i was like how does a human being store this much wisdom and information <laughs> like that yeah. man is a living google like quotes yeah, man. from every corner of the world it's it's amazing so i thought that was really cool to have him not only praise the book, praise you, but in, endorse it as well. Uh, that, that, yeah. that's huge. You know, that's really cool. Yeah, man.
1: Um, one, one of the dopest things that that's happened since the book is that, you know, and so, uh, I'm just grateful for less. Less is phenomenal. Like uh, you only get, you only get a little bit when you hear him on either YouTube or if you right. hear him on, you know, whatever you listen to, but when you meet him in person, it's like, Oh, this dude is really who he is, and yeah. so uh, it was just a dope thing to meet him in person to share the stage with him, and then out of nowhere, you know, my man goes and endorses my book, uh, wow. you know, without with, without me asking.
0: Wow, so I think that
1: was the dopest part that I For didn't know sure. he was doing it. Um,
0: he just did it, and it was it was amazing. That's how you know you've actually impacted a person when when they yeah. take it upon themselves to say, you know what, this was so good, and and left yeah. a lasting impression. I need to go ahead and say something about this. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk specifically uh, about Dominate Your Day real quick. Um, what inspired yeah. you to write it in the first place?
1: So I've been speaking and and communicating as a professional communicator for over shoot, over 11 years now. Wow. And everywhere I go, you know, I'm always trying to encourage greatness with empowering statements in, in whatever form fashion that I can do that. And what I, what I came to find out is that oh, throughout the years, people would be like, they would message me, email me, however they can contact me. And be like, Dwight, where can I find some of those things that you were talking about in this, mm. in this talk that you gave or, or in this workshop that I was in? Where can I find that stuff? And at the time, I didn't have anywhere to point people. I was like, well, I guess you just got to come to my next event and hopefully I say something else that inspires you. Right. And so that was a, a big piece of it, wanting to give people what they were asking for right it, it it was a demand and so i wanted to be able to, to to provide people with value and so decided to write the book decided to include the encouraging statements that have gotten me through tough times mm. right and, and and so these are not just things that i've heard these are actually things that have helped me mm. and when i seen that they could help me i didn't want to be selfish right. i wanted to actually give these to other people in order to hopefully help them so uh that was like the main reason why i put these statements and stories and questions and all these things into this one book so that if people ever heard me speak or ran into me, I can always point them to something tangible that they can go and read and hopefully, you know, be fulfilled with. That's amazing.
0: And I think that's, that's a huge point to to really just kind of go back to is that you said you didn't want to be selfish with the experiences or the wisdom that came through those experiences. And I think that that's what a yeah. lot of people You know, I i mean, whether it was in the graphic design world or even when I stepped into coaching, I was reaching out to people for just for advice. You know, I'm not asking for access to your contacts list or anything like that. Just simple advice. And you would you wouldn't maybe you would believe, but you would you know, it's shocking still how many people slam the door in your face when you're just asking for advice. And it's sad because they're cutting off for themselves that, that mm. positive energy and that opportunity yeah. that comes along with helping other people. You and I both follow Eric Thomas very closely. You know, he says, you know, he has yeah. that, that thing where he was like, you know, if, if you want a car, help somebody else get a car. See what that does yeah. for your life. Yeah. If you, if you want something in your life, help somebody else and see what that does for you. And I think that that is, that is a beautiful reason to step out and write a book. Uh, use my favorite phrase, adding value. Uh, to people's lives yeah. and and sharing that wisdom. How can your book with maybe without getting you know going off on too far of a tangent? But I, I just wanted to know how can people specifically use dominate your day to outperform their fears and embrace their greatness.
1: That's a great question, man. So so let me break down real quick what dominate your day is, and then I can I can better describe. Uh, the answer for you. So, you know, when people hear Dominate Your Day, they think it's just a catchy uh, saying. But for me, it's it's more of a mindset, right? It's about being proactive, about forcing your will upon your day and not allowing your day to force its will upon you. It's Mm -hmm. also about being intentional, about giving your perfect effort to everything that you do. And so, when I'm thinking about dominating your day to outperform your fear, I'm thinking about how can I give my perfect effort to embracing every single moment that happens in my day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And, and and for me, there are moments in my day that fill me with fear. Yeah. But in that in that moment, I have to be very proactive about saying, okay, I know that this fills me with fear. I'm gonna embrace this, but let me understand it so that I can intentionally give my perfect effort to still move through this. In order to get to the other side, see, I'm a firm believer that on the on the other side of, of your greatest fear is your greatest reward.
0: Amen. Right, yeah. and I've
1: seen that I've seen that in my life, and so I'm always I'm always trying to tap into. Okay, w- why am I fearing this, or or why is fear coming up? And if I can understand it, and and you know this best because this is what you talk about. If I can understand it, then I can find the root of it, and if I can get to the root of it then I can start having a different perspective about it. There you go. Once my perspective, once my perspective shifts, once my mind shifts, then I'm able to be proactive and attack it and go, all right, I'm not going to let this fear stop me. I'm going to actually use this fear as an opportunity for growth. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I just believe that, that in order to, to not let fear hinder you, right? You have to, you have to have a different perspective. And I'm, I'm a big believer that perspective drives performance. Right. How you view what you do, how you view what you do will always affect how you do what you do. Yeah. And so if you if you're constantly moving in fear and allowing your fear to dominate you, then you're going to produce things that look like you've been hindered by fear. But Mm. if you have a different perspective of what fear is then you're going to produce things that not only allow you to move through the fear and and even move past the fear, but you're also going to be able to move in such a way where somebody else who's following you. Can see what you have just done with the fear that you had, and it'd be able to help them possibly not even have the same fear that you had, mm. or as you say, it, fear
0: less. Right, exactly. You, you would be amazed at how many athletes that I that I interact with on a daily basis, whether it's through DMs on Instagram or in person, um, and so many of them have become accustomed to using the term mental block, and. Mm. Uh, i'm I'm on a mission to help them understand that you do not have a mental block because mental block refers to a mental activity like a creative mm. block or a writer's block it's your inability to recall certain information right uh, but that right. that because fear can manifest itself physically in our body increased heart rate sweaty palms you know uh perspiration from the brow all that stuff uh shallow breathing we we think that our mental activity is causing a physical incapacity. Um, Mm. But it's, it's amazing how many athletes fail to take the moment to truly understand their fear uh, in order to outperform it. And uh, I think that it's, you know, you're hitting the nail right on the head that that takes that understanding, you know, asking why more often to really help you to be able to outperform your fear. That's beautiful. Definitely. So now you have Definitely. a new uh, now you have a new version of the book that came out this year that um, yeah. is Dominate Your Day Student Edition, which topped the charts of Amazon as a number one bestseller, which is a huge yeah. congratulations, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank huge you. congratulations. Um, How does this one differ from the first edition and how can it be used more specifically towards the audience? I, I assume that it's geared towards, you know, students and athletes.
1: Definitely. So this this version, so the first version is Dominate Your Day, one hundred empowering statements that encourage greatness. Hmm. This this student edition is Dominate Your Day thirty empowering statements that encourage greatness. And so what I did with the first edition was after it came out, I reached out to a few professors in college, a few principals in high school and middle school, and a couple of middle school teachers, and then one elementary sixth grade teacher. And I wow. said, Listen, I want to make sure that these words that I've put in this book can resonate with not just adults, but with young people as well. And so mm-hmm. here's what I need you all to do. If you can help me, I asked them over the next six to eight months, can you go through this book with your students, you know, the demographics that you serve and find out which of these hundred statements resonate the most with young people.
0: Wow. And so in, in, in that
1: six to eight month uh, time span, I was just getting emails left and right, like, Oh, statement number 10 statement number 37 statement number 66 statement number 99 and and so after i compiled all that information i just pretty much went through and said which numbers do i see popping up the most and i condensed those into the 30 that are in the new book
0: beautiful that's so cool to have that kind of focus group help you out with yeah, that
1: yeah yeah 100 100 man they they were definitely willing um excited and and what i've seen already just with it being out a little bit over a month, um, man, the response from the students has been ridiculous. Even even just with the the small things, and, and you know about marketing um, just as well as anybody else, like the small thing of the fact that it's just thinner than the first right. book, right? Like right. The, 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 the thinness of this book makes students want to grab this one more than they wanted to grab the first one. The right. color, my first one was, was black, which is one of my favorite colors, but my favorite color is red. I asked the students, I said, what color should I do you know uh, for this student edition since it's going to be for you all. And the consensus was read. And so those small minute details ended up making a huge difference wow. um, in this book. And so yeah, the response has been amazing. Students have been excited about reading it. Parents and educators have been excited about getting it. Coaches have been contacting me like, Hey man, I need this for my basketball team. I need this for my football team. And nice. so it's just been it, it, the, the, the response has been amazing, man.
0: Well, I know I'm going to grab the student edition first Because I interact with students on a regular basis and I'm going to start integrating that into, you know, my I always give them homework or drills, uh, trying to specifically gear them towards the individual and what they're dealing with. Mm. So it's going to become uh, it's going to become I'm going to add it to my tool belt and make sure that I'm busting that out. You know, when I when I hear or see something that they need specific help with that is referred to in the book, I'm going to make sure that I point them in your direction.
1: I love that. I love that.
0: That's exciting, man. So, as you know, and and everybody, you know, or if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. Uh, you know, please make sure that you subscribe and and uh, follow um, Dwight in in his many pursuits. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that later on. But if you've been here before and you're a regular, you know that this show is about exploring the concept of fear and how we go about as I've said many times already, outperforming it. I I stopped using words like conquering and defeating in the context of fear because they're misleading concepts. Right? You can't defeat or conquer fear. Fear is integral to our existence as human beings. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And psychological fear is simply the brain's attempt at keeping us in a place of safety and comfort. But psychological fear can also be a great indicator for us alerting us to when we are attempting to step out of that comfort zone to learn or try something new and that, Dwight, is something that you have already touched on earlier, yeah. you know, about how yeah. you can use, dominate your day and in, in, in understanding your fear but the brain hates new it hates discomfort, it hates unfamiliarity and a lot of people misinterpret that as something they need to run away from because they don't fully understand the why of their fear. So here, mm-hmm. we, we may not solve the mysteries, but we attempt to discuss, dissect, and examine them as thoroughly as possible. So with that intro, I wanted to dive in a little bit more specifically to the content, you know, to the uh, association with fear and your books, and how people who struggle with fear, um, and and keep in mind here, everyone, that we are specifically, predominantly talking about psychological fear as opposed to biological. We're talking about the irrational, the inexplicable, or the inexplicable, the the fear that you struggle with on a daily basis. Something that's holding you back from your greatness. Something that is keeping you in a place of complacency, safety, and comfort. We want to talk about that fear. So Dwight, I wanted to jump in and uh, have you kick us off with um, you know, how can one use fear to dominate their day? That's a great question, man.
1: And, and I I loved all that information that you just gave out because that information was even new information for me.
0: Right. Oh, and so thanks, man. I just think that
1: every yeah, man, no, I, I love it. And and I'm I'm very much a person who believes that information gain can lead to situations being changed. And so hopefully mm. everybody out there who's listening just took in everything that you just said, if not, run it back. But uh, man, I, I'm am a forever learner, and so I just got some great information. So, um, thank you. The question was, how, how, ask me the question one more time, so I can give you the – for answer. sure.
0: How can one use fear to dominate their day? And this is this is like saying, <laughs> I know that I have a fear. I understand that yeah. already. I don't fully understand my fear, but I can I can at least be vulnerable enough to say, yes, I am fearful of you know fill in the blank. How can they use yeah. that fear? to dominate their day
1: definitely so i'm always anytime that i'm asking a question or anytime that i go speak i try to use you know personal experience because i I don't want to put um you know my perspective on anybody else but i know for me the way that i've that i've been able to allow fear to, to even help me dominate my day is like i said in the beginning i embrace it first and then i leverage that fear to force me forward Mm. Right. So I i take I take that fear and I say, if I don't do something with this fear, then I know the outcome and my outcome is being stagnant and staying complacent and not moving forward. And when I don't move forward, that means my family doesn't move forward. Right. When I don't move forward, that means the people that I mentor don't move forward. When I don't move forward, that means the people that I coach or who are counting on me do not move forward. So I allow my fear of whatever it is to force me forward into my greatness i was just talking to my sons yesterday about the difference between obstacles and opportunities and Mm. a lot of the times we see fear as an obstacle where i look at fear as an opportunity to grow come on right you talked about it you talked about you said you said it's an it's when you know we're we're keeping it safe and we're staying complacent and i'm big on and we've all heard it get comfortable with being uncomfortable
0: there you go right
1: When you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, then growth happens. But the only way that you get comfortable is by allowing yourself to be in an uncomfortable situation. Like, I cannot get comfortable with doing 15, 30 reps um, of, 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 of lifting weights if I never put myself in that situation or if I never embrace that situation. Right. The only way that I can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, like the only way that I can do that is by allowing myself to be in the moment and be in that situation. And so anytime that I feel this sense of fear or that I feel myself not being all that I was created to be and I know that there's something holding me back, I'm always trying to embrace it, leverage it, and understand it so that I can then go, all right, I'm going to use this fear to force me forward. Here's a great example. My my father wasn't really in my life Mm -hmm. um, as much as I wanted him to be when I was growing up. So all my life, I had a fear that if I became a father, I was going to be just like him, and I wouldn't be the father that my kids needed me to be. So for a long time, that would keep me in a place of complacency and saying, Nah, I don't really want kids. I love working with kids, but I don't really want my own. But then when I became a father, it wasn't that that fear went away. It was that, okay, I need to figure out how to leverage this fear and allow right. it to force me. So, so, so I understood it. I recognized the fear that I had. And then I said, so why do I have this fear of being a father? Well, because from my perspective and my experience and my filter, I don't want my kids narrative to be the same as mine. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I said, okay, well, I can do two things. I can stay stagnant. I can strive forward. And I make I make intentional, and this is the Dominator Day part, I make intentional decisions every moment of my day to not allow my kids to have the same narrative as I had. So I push myself to be the best father that I can be, even though there's constant fear there. That I may not live up to their expectations. There's constant fear there that I may not live up to my wife's expectations of me as a husband, right. but I don't allow my fear to hinder me. I actually I actually allow it to help me catapult forward and be the very best husband that I can be. Be the very best father. Be the very best speaker, coach, or whatever else I'm doing. And so, you know, you can dominate your day by being intentional about allowing your fear to force you forward.
0: I love that. And you said two things that I wanted to touch on real quick that I mean, you said many things I want to touch on. But the two things that stood out was, you know, uh, first, this was not scripted. You guys, Dwight actually used the same exact phrase that you've heard me use many times, either in my coaching or on the podcast, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, get comfortable with discomfort. And it's it, if you've never taken the time to really think about what that means, sit down Write it out. Just digest it because it is a powerful concept. I think innately as human beings, we would much rather be comfortable, not because we're lazy, but again, because the brain, right? Dwight, think about this. Like I think you and I talked about this before. The brain's primary objective, its, it's, it's, it's main design is to be a calculator, right? It, it mm. calculates odds of risk. Success, survival, etc. So, secondarily, it is its main like function is to keep itself alive. If you think about it, right? It's a self-preservationist mm. because yeah. if it yeah. knows that if it ceases to exist, you cease to exist. So, in order to keep the host alive, it must keep itself alive. So that means it has to protect or have the host make decisions that are in its best interest if you think Mm. about it so our fear right our our reluctance to get uncomfortable doesn't come from the fact that we are incapable ill-equipped it doesn't always mean that maybe sometimes that's the the truth of the matter but it doesn't mean automatically that oh i'm ill-equipped i'm not talented i'm not ambitious enough i'm not this i'm not that at its at its core it may just mean that the brain that you're letting the brain lie to you and talk you out of your intended course of action, because it wants mm. you to stay safe in a place that it is familiar with. Right. The brain yeah. hates new. So that was, that was the first thing that you, you pointed out uh, that I wanted to to go over. was like, you know, that, that was so true that, you know, you have to get comfortable with discomfort. And the other thing that you, you pointed out that I wanted to like kind of emphasize is that, uh, Irrational fear is paralyzing. And like you were saying, you know, Mm. I could either say that my father not being in my life. Yeah. That could, I could either be crippled and paralyzed by that ceasing to like go, go out and, you know, really uh, get uncomfortable with, with understanding why I'm like this or, or why I feel this way, or I can do the opposite and move to action. And that's, I think the hardest part for a lot of people because psychological fear is paralyzing, I, I remember reading this psychology article where he was saying, "A lot of people, you know, we talk about the flight or fight response, or fight or flight response, um, yeah. and and that's in reference to your your acute stress receptors, right? That when when you are faced with a stressful situation, um, they said, you know, it's it's kind of hinting at the biological response, which is uh, fight." or the psychological response which is flight but really they said in actuality when you know 9 times out of 10 a human being will always fight when faced with biological fear if someone points mm-hmm. a gun at you how many times have you seen videos on youtube or on, like those remarkable videos where someone you know like a a store clerk who had a shotgun pointing in their face didn't necessarily put their hands up right away they either went to duck to save perse- to save themselves and preserve themselves, or I've seen I've seen store clerks grab for machetes and baseball bats. Mm. Right, mm. biological fear when you are faced with a clear and present danger is gonna uh, cause you to jump to action, and a lot of people don't know that maybe just because they've never been faced with a biologically threatening uh, fear or or uh, situation. Yeah, and it's yeah. psychological fear actually that uh, most of the time will cause you to um, to not necessarily flee, but be paralyzed, to not, to not yeah. be able to move to some decisive uh, decision. I saw a video on um, Instagram the other day. There's these two kids in India, little boy, little girl, walking around the corner in their neighborhood, and a pack of dogs just bum-rushed them. And they, they just ran Ooh. up. They were barking ferociously. The little girl took off. And the little boy stayed there and um, kind of started swatting at the dogs and, and like barking back at them. Now, on the surface, what? right, when I first saw this, even me from my conditioning, I was like, oh, that's a, a, a an example of fight or flight. But really, both of them moved to action immediately when faced with an actual danger. The little girl yeah. just chose to run and the little boy right. chose to stay and fight. That's not fight or flight. That was both of them fighting. The little girl went and yeah. she, she didn't just run. She went and got her dad. So they both moved yeah. to action when faced with that. So I think that's really important for us to start distinguishing and breaking those that cultural conditioning. You know, we hear things, we hear these motivation tactics and we just get lost in in the 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 idea and we don't really see the application or we don't take the time to really examine the words that are being used, what's being said, and what's actually going on inside our minds and bodies. I love that,
1: man. I love that, and, and, and let me let me be honest and be transparent. Uh, if them dogs would have came my way, I would have <laughs> like that little girl. <laughs>
0: right, I'm with you, man. It's it's so funny because I'm out. I'm out too, man. I I I definitely I I'm like most deaf in the the Italian job. I I had a bad experience. I don't do Man. dogs.
1: That hey, and, and, and let me say this, right? So when it comes to even even that kind of fear or just fear in general, I, I always think about how and even those two kids, I wonder. I wonder what those two kids experiences with dogs had been prior to that.
0: Ooh, see now that's not that's right? not even something I even consider like the the, like the I, past I, experience.
1: Because, because I I know me. Right. Well, I was I was like 13 years old and, and I'm in Richmond and, and it was me and my mom and I was on some skates and, and uh, I was leaning on our fence in front of the house and there was a dog. I was out there with my friend too. A, a dog came just running on our sidewalk. Probably wasn't paying attention to me, but because I had had a bad experience previously with this dog, like I was trying to run, mm. ended up falling because I had skates on and me and my mom still talk about it to this day. But I think about it, none of the other kids who were next to me ran right wow. like it was just me who was trying to go but it wasn't because I just woke up one day and was like oh I'm scared of dogs no it was because I had an experience right with a dog that wasn't a positive experience and so in that moment I just did what I what I knew to do right and so so even in thinking about uh fear I, I always wonder like when people do have certain fears what was their experience like mm. what, everybody has a different filter so what is their experience with this have they had an experience with this have they not my daughter my daughter's eight years old i mean when if if a puppy or some kind of dog um is like around she will stand there and just look at it like it's the dopest thing in the world <laughs> right where where I see other kids and even even other kids in our family they are gone like right. they I, they don't care if it's a squirrel if it's an ant if it's a you know and so <laughs> Yeah, I'm always thinking about experiences with people. Like, what kind of experience, emotional attachment? What kind of what kind of uh, filter? You know, what what is creating that sense of whatever it is? If you stay and swat at the dogs and bark back, or if you run, right? So,
0: no, I think that's that's a, another great point because I, I was reading another article that said um, this this professor was saying that fear is more than biological and psychological. It's also all of these cultural cues. You know, there are cultures yeah. that believe certain things, you know, there's superstition, there's uh, religious fear um, there. There's all these other things informing our fears as we grow up. And the one thing that yeah. stood out that he brought up, I, I I think, you know, what you just said is it's another very important point to add to this discussion. But what he said was um, cultural uh, conditioning or not even cultural, but just conditioning as we grow up. Yeah. You know, babies don't know that fire is hot and dangerous. it's it's just beautiful it's dancing there and you want to touch it you know and they're exploring their learning so we're we we are getting conditions from the people that we grow up around you know if my mom was i know my my grandmother was terrified of the ocean she wouldn't even want to see it you know and so hearing that as a young kid i think that that informed my fear of the ocean you know i i will Mm. go in the ocean if i can see fairly see through the water or if I'm, if I know I'm close to land, but the thought of being, you know, stranded in the middle of the ocean is terrifying, not just because I'm alone and stranded, but because I feel like there's just this mystery surrounding me. Yeah. And and that's what, you know, yeah. the fear of the unknown, it really is kind of uh, all encompassing for me. So, yeah, that's a great point experience. What experiences have you had that are informing your fear today? Um, really quick before we move on, kind of on the heels of that first question. Um, let's say that someone is listening right now and they're like, Dwight, I I hear you, man. I really want to dominate my day, but I'm just too afraid. You know, like this thing is just too strong. What, what steps should they take in learning to, you know, again, outperform that fear and embrace the greatness? Like what steps would you recommend for a person who is crippled by, Fear and let's let's just admit it's a, probably an irrational fear. What steps should they yeah, take?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I believe that it works. And so, I think the first thing is is identifying why it is a fear in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Identifying why why is this thing a fear for me? And so so then after identifying it, I think the biggest thing. I don't think there's many steps that need to happen. I think you identify it, and then the the biggest piece is being intentional to ask yourself this question. If I, if I allow this fear to hinder me, who, who gets best served by that? Mm. Like who benefits from that? Right. But, and then ask the next question. If I don't allow this fear to cripple me, who benefits, who benefits from that? Right. And so when, when, when I put myself in these situations, I'm always thinking about how will my family how will those I love, how will those who I count on, And but more importantly, how are those who count on me, how will they benefit from me being able to, to, to move past or move through this fear? Right. So I just think it's real simple. Identify and then be intentional about asking yourself those questions. I, I truly believe that, that if you can ask yourself who will benefit from me being crippled by this, that right there alone will start giving you the answers and the push and the hope to move forward. And then go a further and go, who will benefit when I move forward, right? Mm. Having intentional words that move yourself to, to to critical action to move forward. So I just think identifying it and then being intentional about asking yourself the question. Those two things, I have not seen failed people thus far. The other part, the last part, if those two things don't work, Get around people who have been able to to overpower, move past yep. whatever you want to call it, their fear so that they can help you along the way. I'm I big on it. coaches. I'm big on mentors. Um, I'm big on people who who've already done what I've done or moved past what, what I may not have moved past. And so if those two things don't work, find other people to surround yourself with who can help you move through that journey.
0: I think I love it. I think that so many young people, I've said these, these two terms that you and I are, of course, from our background, very familiar with iron sharpens iron and like yep. begets like. And I know there's a lot of young mm. people that don't know what that means. Uh, so yeah. in, in more modern terms, you know, I know that there have been other motivational speakers and life coaches who have, who have, you know, said something to the effect of you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time mm. with. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. basically what those two terms mean, you know. Iron sharpening iron means that, you know, when you are around people who uplift you, you're only going to become sharper, more astute, more yeah. dynamic as a person. And like begets yeah. like means, you know, you are going to take on characteristics of those people that you are spending the most time with. So if you find that, you know, as as much as you may love a person um for for your own reasons, um, it, at the end of the day, if they aren't living their best life, if they're not striving to add value to others' lives, if they're not you know stepping into their own greatness, you can't expect yourself to be able to perform at that higher level if if you're constantly surrounded by that. So if you find yourself like you yeah. said, if you find yourself in in a in a rut, in a place where you feel like you can't you know get out of, and you you're not seeing anything change, but you want that change change your environment, change your surroundings. Yeah. Change your scenery. 100%. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, I guess on the flip side of that, by leaving your fear undefined, how is that going to hold a person back?
1: So when, when we leave our fear undefined, how do we even identify it? Right? Like mm-hmm. how do we, how do we even get to the root of it? How do we, how do we embrace it? How do we leverage it? How do we do any of those things that would help you move forward into being the very best you that you were made to be? And so I think it's with anything, right? It's it's with relationships, any kind of relationship. You have to define it. It's with whatever you're doing. If it's okay, somebody says, be successful. Okay, well, let's define it. And and, and don't define it. Don't define it for me. Let me define it for myself. I just asked my son this morning, right? And I'm big on defining things. I asked my my youngest son this morning. I said, man, what is success? To you and he gave me his answer then he was like well, well what's success to you i said success to me is is being intentional about being the very best me that i can be in mm-hmm. every moment of my day so if i define that then one nobody can define it for me but now that i've defined it i have something to move towards yeah when you leave anything undefined especially fear how do you move forward
0: let's go you don't
1: you stay stagnant you stay you stay complacent. And due to the fact that this world is moving forward, you actually end up moving backwards.
0: Mm, You get left behind. Yeah, man. Love it. Yeah. How has fear helped you? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go go ahead. ahead,
1: No, I was just going to say, inaction is still an action. Right. Like, inaction is still an action. If, if, If you are passive and you're just letting things happen, that's still an action. You're just not moving with everybody else or you're not moving forward, but that's still an action because... Yeah, I, I can go down that road, but I'm big on being intentional, being proactive, and so we must define everything in life. We, we my grandfather used to say, um, inspect what you expect, right? Ooh. Inspect what you expect. And and if, and if you and, and if you expect to to be great, and if you expect to to move through your fear, if you expect to leverage your fear, if you expect for your fear to to force you forward, you must inspect it. And that goes back to the identifying it. And Mm -hmm. that goes back to even more so defining it and and getting an understanding of what it is for you. So I just wanted to throw that in there, man. Let's
0: go. I love it. How has fear helped you in your life, in your career, in the many times that you've stepped out on a ledge and taken a leap of faith into the unknown? How has fear helped you to perform at a higher level?
1: Yeah. So my career is usually, I say 90% in front of people. That could be one person, one student that I'm coaching, one one mother, one father that I'm giving advice to. It could be 500, 5,000 or at one time, at one time I was, you know, in front of 11,000 people. So I'm always when it comes to my career, I'm in front of people. And so Fear has helped me in my career because fear makes me relatable. Love it. Right? Like, like me sharing my fears, me sharing the things that have held me back, allow people to see, oh, man, Dwight is, he's human. He's right. just like me. He, oh, I, I can relate to that. And so w- when, when I can share my fears with other people, then it allows other people to see that if I can move, to a level of no more complacency. If I can move to a level of, of getting past this obstacle, then not only can they do it, but since I've done it, they can do it ten times better than me. Right. I can I can shorten their learning curve. Right. Right. And so so that's how fear um, has allowed me to be successful, to be significant um, in my career. Hopefully, I answered the question. But that's that's, yes. that's that's what I see it as. Like fear has has catapulted me into so many arenas due to the fact that i am not going to let my fear steer me away from being my best i'm actually going to use my fear to steer me towards my greatness and if i can if i can bottle that up and i can share that with other people and encourage and equip other people on how to do that then man has actually been 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 a motivating factor
0: i love that and it's it's funny because um so many so much of our culture revolves around um withholding your vulnerability being invulnerable and and not showing that um and saying that that is what um shows your strength and shows your assertion you know how many bosses you know are are told to not be vulnerable because they don't want to appear weak to their employees you know but it's just the opposite that vulnerability makes you more relatable like you said and it it draws
1: vulnerability is a bridge for me you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, that's the bridge. And and if I'm about people becoming the very best thing that they were made to be, then, then my end goal is to hopefully get people to trust me enough to be able to speak into their life and then they take that and run with it. But I can't even get to that end point if I don't have a connection. And I can't have mm-hmm. a connection with them, one, if I can't empathize with them. And I can't empathize with them if I'm not vulnerable. So I right. see vulnerability as a humongous strength. Wow. You know, me sharing my fear is a humongous strength sure especially is. in the line of the work that I'm in.
0: I saw it in one of your videos uh on your website you coined the term and you actually used it already phenom amazing. Yeah, uh, which I thought was was awesome I and mean, it's is awesome that your your athletes use it as well. Um Yeah, man. What does that mean? How did how did you come about putting that together? Like what does phenom amazing mean to you? Am I saying it right?
1: Yeah, you you're saying it right. It's, okay. it's simple. Phenomenal plus amazing. That's it. I was. It, it was one day. I was literally uh, coaching basketball, and and I was telling the kid. I was like, "Man, when when we execute this, we're going to be phenomenal, right?" And I was. So I just kept saying "phenomenal." And then the. I think the the, the next the next play. I was like, "My man, you are You know, I was talking about him being amazing. It was one one kid in, in specific. I was encouraging right. uh, and just building him up. But I was like, you know what? We need a new word for, for what you are. And he kid was struggling <laughs> with self-confidence. He, 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 he was struggling with his motivation. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm a master at words. I'm going to put some words. I'm going to put these words together. And, and from now on, you're just going to be Mr. Amazing. <laughs> and it literally rolled off my tongue like that. And from that point on, you know, the, the, the students that I coached in basketball, the students that I coached uh, uh, through just student success, they all started saying it, and and now it's just been my thing. Phenomenal, amazing. Phenomenal you know, that's amazing. that's when you're not just phenomenal, not just when you're amazing, but you're phenomenal, amazing. And everybody who's listening to this is phenomenal, amazing. It's just up to us to live that out every single day.
0: That's awesome. Um, I remember this quote from Will Smith, where he was at least I think it is Will Smith. You know how the internet misconstrues that. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's there's a bunch of Gandhi quotes out there that Gandhi actually never said. Um, right. But right. Uh, it, it, he said that, you know, greatness is not this esoteric, you know, ethereal thing that is unattainable by common people. That greatness, right. and something you and I already know and believe, that greatness exists inside each and every one of us. And it's just yeah, up man. to us to learn and understand and Come define. On, how to pull that out of ourselves. And it's not about, yeah. you know, I th- I think that, um, I think that it was, it was a while ago where I was like, it was just another, I'm, I'm a big phonetic and, and uh, I'm a big uh, rhetoric person, you know, like I, it, it's, it's, I've always believed in how you, how you, the words you use define exactly what you're trying to communicate. And the reason we have so many words mm-hmm. is, is because there are so many specific feelings and, and, You know actions attached to those words, and we we are lazy in our communication, so we make synonyms out of words that never had business being synonyms. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so there was there was this one day where I was saying I wanted to say um, you know uh, it was something like reach for your greatness or something like that as as to connote that your greatness existed outside of you, and Mm -hmm. I, I finally said you know what no. It's more about embracing. It's like embracing the gift that already exists inside of you.
1: Already exists.
0: That you already need to, to, yeah. So I think that that phenomena amazing is just another great way of, of helping your athletes. And I wanted to just really quick um, acknowledge your, your passion and your excitement. But more so, like I said earlier in the, in the show, you have this gift of just being you. It's something that already exists inside of you and you have this gift of sharing that with people and so i just want to acknowledge just the the path that you've chosen and accepted
1: mm-hmm. to
0: to share that passion and excitement and just that that zeal for life with everybody because it's a a dark world and it yes. it only gets darker yes. if you only focus on the darkness and uh, i think yes. that you know those that are i have a i have this term those that allow themselves to be a versatile light in an ever-changing darkness um, is mm. is a truly um, special thing. So thank you for that, Dwight. I like that. Thanks, I like man. that. Thank you, my man. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, really quick, before we go, there's something that's been on my mind for a long time, specifically for you. It's a topic I've discussed with a friend of mine, Blaze Davis. I think you know Blaze, right? Yep, I yep. yep. Okay, so he was on the show uh, early earlier, I think it was like episode four, but we discussed the topic of faith and fear, and it's something that I'm still formulating ideas about, but I wanted to know, uh, just with your background, how does faith inform your fear, and vice versa, how does fear inform your faith? How do those two relate to you? Yeah
1: that that's good stuff man nice. um shout out to blaze right <laughs> that, solid dude solid dude man right solid yeah. dude. um so i'm going to try to answer this in the most effective way and i guess the first way for me to start off is by just when i hear that i think of the the scripture is um second timothy i think seven, and it's talking about how for god has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind and and for me just being a believer when i'm thinking about when I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about how this fear inform my faith or or vice versa, for me specifically, it's fear, the fears that I have, let me know. They're mm-hmm. like a checkpoint. They let me know that one something is attempting to stop me from being all that God has created me to be. Mm. So if I know that God has created me to be something greater than where I am, and I probably should go to the creator to help me move past whatever is that is hindering me, right? right? And so so my fear usually, usually, especially when, I, when, it's, when it's done right and when I'm focused and when I'm locked in, my fear usually pushes me even deeper in my relationship and, and closer to God in regards to my faith. So my fear actually not just fears me to my own greatness, but the greatness that lives inside of me that mm. comes directly from God. So, so my fear is usually an indicator that, hey, I need to tap into the source. I need to tap into what gives me this strength, what gives me this power, who gave me this gift when it comes to that, right? And so then the flip side of it is how faith informs, you know, fear. I, I think my faith, and I'm just using the, the play on words, mm. my faith informs my fear by saying, hey, if I am focused on God, I'm focusing on fear less. There you go. So, so, so my faith says focus on God, and my fear is something that I don't need to focus on as much. Right, right. And, and so I'm always trying to put myself in a position of keeping my mind and keeping my focus on God because I, I, I read a book um, a while ago. I think it's by Max Lucado, and it was talking about facing your giants. And it was like focus on God, your giants stumble. Focus on your Focus on your giants. You stumble. Mm. Right. And, and, it, and it hit me. And I was like, man, that's that's what happens in my life. Anytime I take my focus off of my faith and what I believe. Yeah. And so I just I, I really believe that if I stay focused on my faith, then my faith will, will literally inform, like talk to my fear and say, hey, you are not going to stop me from being all that I need to be because I'm tapped into who created me to be it's a phenomenal, this amazing. I put words
0: together, phenomenal, amazing person. Phenomenal, amazing. That's beautiful, man. Yo, Dwight, thank you so much for your time, for your passion, for your wisdom. Thanks for being on the show, man. It has been a ama- phenomenal, amazing time talking with you. <laughs> yeah, and I truly appreciate you. I know everybody out there listening appreciates you. Really quick, before we sign off, where can everybody uh, find you? But more importantly, where, where, and how can we support you? Definitely.
1: Before we, before I do that, that's the least important. I just want to say, man, thank you so much for having me on. I I don't take it lightly when people allow me to to be on their platform to share with their listeners. So thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You are an inspiration to me. Here's what I want to say real quick. You believe in me even when I didn't believe in myself, man. And I don't know if you knew that, like when you took on the projects to help me become um, the person that I was attempting to be and, and now seeing where I've come from that point, like, I owe a lot of that to you and your beliefs and your faith um, and just just understanding where I was, right? And so I just want to say that publicly, and I don't even know if I've ever said that privately, but, man, I I truly appreciate you big time. So that's that. Um, If people want to find me, just go to DwightTaylorSR.com. That's com. You can find all my Instagram, all that great stuff, uh, Twitter, all that, Sr dot com. That's the easiest way if you want to get in contact with me, DwightTaylorSr at gmail dot com. And I'm I'm open. I'm I'm always down to connect with folks. And so yeah, that's the best way to connect with me. I don't know if there was another question after that. No, that, that's that's, that's perfect.
0: I I'm going to tell them how they can support you. You guys jump on Amazon right now. You can get dominate your day the student edition. I believe uh, you can get it on Kindle. You can get the physical copy. Yeah. And is it also available like uh, bookstores, Barnes and Noble, and such?
1: So it'll be in Barnes and Noble soon, but they can go to BarnesandNobles.com if they want to go there and pick it up as well.
0: There you go. You guys go out, grab this book, Dominate Your Day, student edition, and Dominate Your Day, the first edition, Dwight Taylor Sr. Thank you so much, brother. Truly appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me, my man. Appreciate it. There you have it. Another episode is in the can. I want to thank my guest, Dwight Taylor Sr., for sharing his heart, wisdom, and wisdom and insight with us, and for adding value to the lives of everyone he comes in contact with. Remember, wherever you're listening, be sure to follow us and have your notifications turned on to be notified the moment a new episode drops. And if you liked the episode, I mean really enjoyed the episode, why not screenshot it and share it to your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me, at Coach Lane, and my man Dwight Taylor Sr., at Dwight Taylor Sr., and tell us what you thought. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate the show and leave us a review. It's my vision to touch the lives of the masses and add value to the world. And every like, rating, and review only helps me to further realize that vision. Remember guys, clothes mouths don't get fed. If you don't understand something, ask questions and seek understanding. Because if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. Thanks again for joining me today. I'm Coach Lane. I'll catch you on the flip.